Hey everybody, welcome back to my channel. This is episode one of season two of the Devotional Hearts Show. And before I introduce my very special guest today, I just want to thank everybody who has been so kind reaching out to me around the time of my baptism, sending me messages on Instagram and praying for me. Believe me, it it's much appreciated. And so here I am back with season two, and this season will be a little bit different because the episodes are going to be shorter and I won't be doing as many episodes as I was before. I'll probably be recording two per month and primarily with Orthodox priests and authors. So if you want to keep up with me, please follow me on Instagram at a devotional heart. And you can also find me on my website, which is also a devotional heart. I've started a new podcast for women. It's called Faithfully Feminine, and we talk about all things faith and femininity. So if you're an, a woman, a Christian woman, you don't have to be Orthodox to enjoy this podcast. Um, it's just for all women who want to learn more about cultivating femininity, restoring family values, um, relationship polarity, and motherhood, all kinds of stuff like that. So now let me introduce my guest. Um, he has a website, but I found him on a podcast that he was being interviewed on. His name is Father John Vlahos. He was born and raised in Maryville, Indiana. He received his Master's of Divinity in 2001 from Holy Cross Greek Orthodox School of Theology in Brookline, Massachusetts. He and his wife are parents of two daughters, and Father John has over 19 years of experience as a clergyman of the Greek Orthodox Archdiocese. He serves the St. Paraskevi community in Greenlawn, Green New York. Welcome, Father John. Thank you so much for being my guest on episode one of season two of the Devotional Hearts Show. Thank you so much, Allison. I'm honored to be here and uh, I'm thankful for our friendship that we've established over the last couple of weeks and yeah. I look forward to talking with you today. Yes, so um, I, I would love for you to talk a little bit about your show, The Living Icon. I'd love to know how you came up with that name and what is the main focus of your show? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I was honored when uh, the OCN, the Orthodox Christian Network, asked me to uh, um, join their team and to offer um, just um, some Orthodox teachings on life and what have you. And so I, I, I got to thinking and I said that, you know, for us, life is all about relationships. It's our relationship with God and then our relationships with the people around us. So I wanted to focus on these relationships, because as we said, this is what life is all about. So I speak to um, to um, uh, to this podcast. I do that twice a month, and um, I'm looking forward to starting that again. I, I I began it last year, and I took a little break during the summer, so I'm going to pick it up again in October. Well, I haven't listened to every episode yet, but the ones I've listened to have been so uplifting so positive and this is why i really wanted to have you as a guest today because the world is a crazy place right now there's so much going on and if we focus too hard on the negative things and the doom and gloom uh, it can be a little overwhelming and it can take us 
you know, take our focus off of God and onto the terrible things that are happening and the terrible, just the, the people who are doing it and how can we fight this evil? And then it just turns into, I mean, I've, I've caught myself, I shared with you on the phone that I've paid too much attention to these things. And then I realized, oh my gosh, my focus is not on my prayer and on my faith and hope in the Lord. So can you talk a little bit about that and, you know, the importance of staying focused on the Lord during these tough times? Yeah, absolutely. Well, without a doubt, we've gone through unprecedented times. And, um, you know, I saw on, on Facebook, someone had posted a meme where it says, um, it's been such a long time since I've seen you. I haven't seen you since the plague. <laughs> so we did go through a plague. We went through something that was um, truly life-altering. So these were unique times. Mm -hmm. um, but nevertheless, as we mentioned, you know, from the book of Genesis all the way to the book of Revelation, what God has most frequently repeated to his people is, do not be afraid. Mm -hmm. Do not fear. So even during these horrendous times, we are not to be fearful. We are not to be afraid. We are stay, to stay close to the Lord. We have that beautiful example in scripture where St. Peter walks on the water, uh, being invited by the Lord, and he takes his eyes off of Christ and sees the winds and the waves, and he begins to sink. So we're going to go through our stormy times, and uh, our key for us is to keep our eyes on Christ and try the best that we can to navigate through the waters. But unlike St. Peter, we can navigate together, right? St. Peter was the only one in the waters. He had no one to help him. He focused on Christ. Well, we have people that can help us. We have our church. We have our, we have our brothers and sisters in the Lord. We have our family. We have people. And whatever we go through in life, we can get through it together. Mm -hmm. So... Um, this is kind of an overarching thing, but at the same time, it's a challenge. Life is, life is not easy. So we've gotten through it. We've gotten through the worst part and we've, we've done it together. That's so beautiful. I've, I've shared on this show many times that I never had a community like the one I have now in my physical Orthodox community and also the online community. It's just been the family. I never had and always wanted and everybody's just been so supportive and especially my godmother I talk to her just about every day and anytime I'm feeling overwhelmed because she's aware of all the negative things in the world not all of them but you know she keeps herself aware but she doesn't let it overwhelm her and that's something I wanted to ask you too is um how do you find how does one find the balance between staying aware and, and I know you mentioned you don't watch the news and I don't watch mainstream news either but I do like to stay aware of things that are happening but mm -hmm. what's your advice for someone who it's almost too late by the time they realize that they've been looking at too much of this stuff to, that they want to be aware but then it reaches this point where now it's affecting their lives and their sleep and everything in their life <laughs> yes yeah yeah well we certainly have to be aware you know we live in the world uh the lord says you're in the world but not of the world but mm -hmm. nevertheless we are in the world so we have to be aware of what's going on and 
and uh, because the church ultimately, we're the church, and the church is called to transfigure the world. We're called to bring about the resurrectional quality of Christ into the world. So we're, you know, we're the salt of the earth. We're the light of the world. We're supposed to be in it and to make a difference. We're not blind to it or detached from it. We're in it and we're in the process of transfiguring it. Um, now, we can be overwhelmed because we're bombarded, yeah. you know. So, you know, especially when it comes to politics. And, you know, I, I had a lady, the poor thing, she was just struggling so mightily because she was a big proponent of Donald Trump. And she said, you know, they stole the election and the election was this, that, and the other. And the poor thing was just uh, rattled. And we, we basically came to the conclusion together that you can't change that. You cannot affect what's happening in Washington. Why are you letting that affect your present moment and where you are? You're here. You have to grow where you're planted. You have to sanctify the present moment. Yeah. Okay. And how you can do that was, is with the people that are around me, the, the relationships who I have relationships with. So we can't let what's going on out there bombard us and overwhelm us because then we're going to take our eyes off of what's right in front of us. So I, I think that's the key thing. Be aware, notice what's happening, but nevertheless, our job is to grow where we're planted and to minister to the people that are near us and with us and, and love us, love them and serve them. And, you know, we know we've gone a little bit overboard. If those things are so overwhelming that I've ceased to minister to the people and to be present for the people. Yeah. So um, another topic that I really love that you talk about is Christ's commandment to love one another and loving our enemies can be really challenging and uh, but very important. So can you please talk a little bit about that? Yeah. Well, um, of course, we're, we're called in this world to become like Christ, you know, um, you know, I like to think that you know, we begin in mom's womb. We begin in mom's womb and we're there to grow our organs and to grow our digits, right? Once we're born, we come out of that womb. We're now into this new womb, which is the world. And it's in this womb now that I'm called not to grow more organs, not to grow additional digits. I'm called now to become a human being. Mm -hmm. And so the human being par excellence is our Lord Jesus Christ. So I'm called to become like Christ. How? Well, through my relationships, the way I interact with people. Mm -hmm. So Christ was a phenomenon because he was not simply good to the people that were good to him, but he was exceedingly good to the people who were not his fans. And so we are called in like manner to love everyone the way Christ has loved them. Yeah. Now, if I have ego, if I have pride, if it's all about me, 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 I'm not going to love you. I'm not going to overextend, especially if you're rude or if you're, um, you know, moody or if you're not good to me. Like, no, I'm not going to overextend for you. But the Lord takes us to the limits and beyond. He says, if someone slaps you on the one cheek, you give them the other. If someone asks you to go a mile, you go with them too. If someone asks for your shirt, you give them your cloak as well. What's he doing? He's taking us beyond the limit. You think the limit of a good person is that? 
I tell you, you go even further. And so why? Because then you become like me, he says. You begin to relate to the world like I do. So I want you to relate to the world like me. And when you and I are together, you will. I'll help you. I'll be one with you. And through me, through my spirit, you'll be able to now see people the way I see them. And that's the key. We acquire the mind of Christ. We become one with him. And now we have his vision. Mm-hmm. I'd like to speak about that too with the vision that my daughter, she's uh, my oldest one's 20. But when she was 15 and a half or so, she got her driver's license. And during that time, we were living in Long Island, but I was serving um, at the cathedral in Manhattan. So we were there, and now we're gonna, ready to drive back out to Long Island. It was a Sunday after church, after coffee hour and all that good stuff. And I said, Steli, you're driving home. So Steli, with her permit, is driving out of Manhattan into um, Long Island. Mm-hmm. Now, of course, we've driven before, but never for her to drive in Manhattan. I mean, there are adults that wouldn't even drive in Manhattan. Yeah. And I wanted my 15 and a half year old, she was maybe 16, I wanted her to drive at that time because then she'll know that when I was 16, I drove in Manhattan. Mm-hmm. Now, as we were driving, we were both looking out of the same windshield. Her vision was different from mine. Mm-hmm. I was seeing things that she wasn't seeing. Turn, 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 turn. Break, 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 break. Right? It's when we're together that now I'm sharing with you my vision. You're fine. You drive, but you're with me in my vision of things. And I'll direct you, I'll guide you, and we'll move together. So our job is to couple with Christ, to become one with him. So now I acquire his mind and I have Jesus's vision. And now I look at you like Jesus looks at you. And now I can love you. I can forgive you. I can serve you Mm -hmm. because it's not all about me. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's kind of the idea that I, I focus on um, in uh, living icon, uh, the idea of loving all the way to the point where loving our neighbors. Yes. Thank you for, for explaining that. And I love your, the example that you gave that totally makes sense. And, and I'm, brand new to the faith and I I notice sometimes that I'm that it gets easier for me not to be so reactive when someone I don't even know is treating me badly like my immediate response is to be like don't you can't treat me like that I'm going to treat you back like that if you're going to treat me like that and then, but now as a Christian I I can kind of like slow down and take a moment and realize this isn't about me this is about this person struggling this person suffering and then you know with my husband it might be a different story if he's upset with me because of something then maybe it is about me and i need to look at that and take self-responsibility but i'm just talking about out in the world there are it just seems like especially driving and online there are people projecting their unhappiness and their anger. And so this is an opportunity for us to practice this, right? Yeah. You know, a good rule of thumb too, Allison. And again, it's not always easy. And I wouldn't say it's always the case, Mm -hmm. but it's a good rule of thumb to say, is it me? Mm -hmm. 
right? We have that beautiful image in scripture when Jesus said that one of you is going to betray me, okay? Mm -hmm. To the 12 apostles. One of you is going to betray me. Mm -hmm. Now, in our mindset, you can imagine the apostles, if they're like us, right? Oh, it's probably Philip or Matthew. I mean, Judas is in the running, but probably one of those three, right? That's not what the apostles did. The, the Bible says, quote, and then one by one, they asked the Lord, Lord, is it me? What a humble statement. Jesus just said, one of you is going to betray me. And instead of saying, it's definitely not me, it's them. Their response was, is it me? Mm. So in the spiritual life, we have to, that's our default. Is it me? A broken relationship. Lord, is it me? A failed business. Lord, is it me? So that has to be our rule of thumb. That brings about self-awareness. It brings about humility. It brings about a willingness to tweak things. Because you know what? It could very well be me, you know? Uh, so we have to think about that. And, and I think if we approach things in that way, it's very humbling. And the humble soul attracts the grace of God. So if we want to be with God, we have to have that humble thought. Mm -hmm. So in anything, Lord, is it me? And God will reveal to us if it's me or not. Mm -hmm. And then we have to tweak. Before we move on, can I ask you about the beautiful artwork behind you? Is that an icon? I can only see the lower half, so I'm not yeah, sure what sure. it is. Yeah, this is actually a uh, drawing of the dome of our church at St. Paraskevi. Oh, it's the, oh my um, gosh, it's beautiful. Yeah, it's the uh, seven days of creation. It was created by uh, uh, iconographer George Filipakis, and it truly is a one of a one-of-a-kind uh, masterpieces. So um, it is really, really beautiful. Oh my gosh. So speaking of icons, mm -hmm. did we go into the name of your show, The Living Icon, how, how you decided to call it that and yeah. what, that, what it means? Yeah, good question. When um, Father Chris Metropolis from OCN, he, um, he posed it to me. He said, um, um, you know, you could call the show whatever you'd like. And at that point, there are already two shows before me. I think one was called uh, Sacred Icon, and the other was called um, something else. Sacred, I'm blanking on what the other one is. And I said, well, Father, how about we stick with the theme of Icon, and we go from Sacred to whatever the other one was, I'll have to check it. And the third one, I just said, how about Living Icon? We're called to be living icons. We're the icon of God. We're made in his image and likeness. You and I are icons, but we want to be living. And the ones that are living have God within them. So that's where I, I kind of combine the two, living icon. We are living icons. Wow. Oh, and I heard you mention previously how this applies to parenting too. Was it, I think that was you. You were talking about how we are icons for our children as well, those, those who are parents. Absolutely. We are, we are the teachers, we're the models, um, we're the examples for our children. So they're going to follow us. And, uh, and, and that's, that's our job. And also godparents too. 
you know, I say that every baptism, I said, say to the godparents, it's an honor the parents chose you, but also responsibility. You're going to love and pray for your godchild, but maybe above anything else, just walk the walk, be a good example. So that when I look at my godfather, my godmother, I see people that are faithful. I see people that are walking a good path towards God. I see good examples. So ultimately, that's what we want. Well, I, I don't want to keep you. I told you we would keep this to about a half an hour. Um, any words of encouragement for those who are new to orthodoxy, who it seems hard because of the fasting and it's just so new and different than what they've known before. I know some people get into orthodoxy and they they, they're super gung-ho and they think, oh my gosh, I found it. This is it. This this has all the answers I've been looking for. And, th and that's how it was for me. It was everything I'd been looking for my whole life. Right. And then keeping up with everything, you know, the calendar year and the fasting and um, prayer life, prayer rule and all those things. What, what kind of encouragement can you give to someone who might be feeling kind of overwhelmed by everything? Yeah. Very good question. Um, well, for us, yeah, ultimately, Orthodox Christianity is about Christ. Okay, the rules, you know, the canons, the the spiritual disciplines, you know, everything that we do, the aim is for us to unite with Christ, to become one with him. So that's our goal. And oftentimes, Allison, for us to unite with Christ, we have to dethrone ourselves in order to enthrone the Lord. Yeah. So there, we, that's the process. So, you know, we have to just be a little bit careful that, you know, I'm going to go into orthodoxy. It's going to be so comfortable. It's going to be so smooth. It's going to be all that. It's the death to yourself, yeah. right? It's, it's you, Christ, being formed in you. And C.S. Lewis gives that great image. He goes, when you invite Christ in, all of a sudden, you feel like rumblings and knockings and this, that, and the other. And you see that he's knocked the wall out here. He's exp expanded a floor there. He's put in a balcony there. What are you doing? And he says, you thought Christ was going to come and make a little cottage. But he's come in to prepare a palace for himself. Wow. So orthodoxy is the means in which Christ is going to transform you. He's going to change you. He's going to bring out the best version of you. And sometimes that best version is not always comfortable. Mm -hmm. We have to write. Uh, we have to, I mean, we have to, we have to sweat. We have to engage. We have to struggle. It's, it's not always this comfortable thing. So anyone coming into orthodoxy, I would say you're going to be loved. You're going to be embraced, but don't come in thinking it's going to be super duper comfortable. Mm -hmm. You're here because you're going to become like Christ. Mm -hmm. And there are struggles that go on with that. And, and we see that in the lives of our saints and the monastics, you know, the vigils, the standing up for long times, the extreme fasting. Mm -hmm. What's the point of all that? The point is to go beyond the selfish me, me, me needs yeah. or wants mm -hmm. and to come to the point where Christ becomes our focus and the other becomes my focus. Mm -hmm. So it's a process we can't, we can't, it's not a sprint, we have to take our time and we need one another. 
Mm -hmm. We need priests to be with us. We need our brothers and sisters in the Lord to walk with us and to encourage us. So that ultimately would be my, my advice to a, a, a new person. Welcome. You're going to be loved and embraced, but you're going to be stretched. You're going to have to struggle. Mm -hmm. You're going to have to, you know, if there's a transformation. And there's a saint who said, if you descend with the mind into the heart, which is the spiritual life, be prepared for the stench because you're going to begin to see how maybe wretched you are or how much non-Christ-like you are. So that's a process and we're going to dig in there and, and uh, it's not easy. Yeah, It's not easy, but that's it's worth for it. Sure. Yeah. I loved something you said on one of your episodes about letting orthodoxy activate you or I think you were referring to standing in divine liturgy instead of just just standing there and passing the time there's a there's something that you can do to to allow that experience to really activate something deep inside you I'm not saying it as well as you did so could you please yeah expand on yeah. that <laughs> yeah I mean the way I learned is you know during the liturgy of course we have the words presented to us you know we're going to put um, our mind where our words are. The words are provided, okay? Sometimes we pray extemporaneously, we put our words where our mind is. But here, we're putting our mind where the words are. The words are provided, written by the saints, okay? So as we're making these words ours, we can allow ourselves to expand. Okay, so in a petition, if it says, um, for peaceful weather, for an abundance of the fruits of the earth, um, for uh, let us pray to the Lord. Okay, so now I'm praying for peaceful times. Lord, in Ukraine, those poor people, please bring them peace. Or, you know, we're talking about temperate seasons. Lord, you know, the, the drought, the drought that's going out in, in Kansas, please, Lord, please help the people that come together. Please, Lord, we pray for, for rain and, you know, these type of things. So whatever the petition is, allow a current event or a, a something happening in your life to be part of that prayer i bring that to you as well lord and then okay i move on here comes another petition yes here we go lord so it's it's very active it's dynamic it's like i'm, I'm bringing things to the lord and uh and it's beautiful that's our faith and that's where the miracles happen the miracles happen when we take things to the lord through our words it's amazing alice Okay, God spoke creation. God spoke and it happened. If you speak it, you present it to God. God has the ability to do it. Your spoken words are very important. Speak the words. Pray. Sometimes we fall into the trap. Eh, well, God knows everything. Do I have to? What? Verbalize it. God spoke. How did he create the universe? He spoke. We are to speak. Say it. Say what you want to God. And then believe it. It's, there's power there. You know? And that's it. You know, if someone asks us to pray for them, boom, we pray immediately. Lord, please have mercy upon your servant. Costandinos. I just spoke something into reality. I just made a statement that is placed in the hands of God. He has just been given a note and God looks at that note 
That's what the spoken word does. It has power. God spoke and things happened. We speak and it happens. So this is where in the liturgy, speak, offer the things. And outside the liturgy at home, keep speaking, speak to the Lord and trust that'll happen. That's what he wants. He wants us to trust him. He loves it. Father John, thank you so much. This has been such a special time to share with you and the audience. And I'm going to leave your links in the description. And um, any final words before we say goodbye? Well, again, I thank you, Allison. And we, um, we have the, the church that guides us every step of the way. And, um, you know, we have the Feast of the Cross coming up. And the cross for us is our joy. It's our means of uh, victory and strength and the, the visible sign of how much God loves us. So the cross for us is not only Christ's cross, but our cross too. That when we live this life of um, Christ crucifying, you know, our sinful habits, our temptations, our wants, we begin to see that we become more and more free. We grow closer and closer to God. And we see that the way of the cross is the way of true freedom. And that's the way of bringing out the best of us. So let's continue to embrace the cross and honor the cross because we know that through this means, through this lifestyle, we begin to find ourselves and we find one another and we truly become the family of God. Oh, beautiful. Thank you, Father John. This was so much fun. I would love to have you come back on my show in the future and we can talk about some more things because I have more questions for you, but I'm trying to keep these episodes shorter than they were before. So that just means having to bring my guests back in the future. So I hope you won't mind getting an invitation from me. No, that'd be great. I'd be happy to join you again, Allison. <laughs> okay, great. And to my audience, as always, thank you so much for watching, liking, sharing, and I love getting messages from you. Always remember you can send me a direct message on Instagram at a devotional heart or on my new account, which is Faithfully Feminine Podcast. And until next time, I just wish you all a very beautiful day and God bless you all. Bye.